Anytime somebody from the outside lifts a woman from a guat like Jen's, man, we could all find cause to rejoice. I'm proud of you. Guat. A guat, man. Punch your apron one time for me, huh? Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the peer pressure. I'm a nerd, and, uh, and I'm here tonight to stand up for the rights of other nerds. The health issues. I find out that I have, um, simplex 10. And the sensitivity. Like, all of a sudden, I don't feel like hanging out every night. I don't feel like hitting on women. I don't even feel like drinking milk out of the carton. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. <laughs> Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, it's Steve Spears, your host with TampaBay.com. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. I'm here with my Skittle-throwing friend, Sean Daly. <laughs> Sorry about that. I did hit you with a Skittle. Oh, uh, that's another one. No. We'll be back. It's all fun and it's games until someone loses an eye. Dude, uh, Skittle. How embarrassing would that be? How'd you lose your eye? In the, in the war? <laughs> Gun, gunfight? Uh, Skittle. Skittle. Skittles. And uh, hopped up to my left here on uh, Kiwi-flavored Yoplay, Kathy Wass. Hello, everyone. Enjoying your yogurt? I am. Make yogurt noises. Hold the yogurt up to the microphone and, and slurp it. Of course. No, 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 no. Not going to happen. She never plays our games. I know. Anyway, we're here today. Sorry, to Rudolph. <laughs> we're here today to talk about the 1987 film, Some Kind of Wonderful. Yes. Dare I say classic? Yeah. It is a classic. God, that's a phrase I haven't used so, in the name. Well, we, we're, Sean and I are going to save our, our problems with it maybe for later. You guys have we problems? Had I do like yeah. it better than Pretty in Pink, though. I do like it, but it does have problems. It does have problems. But the problems show up about two minutes before <laughs> the movie ends when they yes. decide to solve everything. Yes. I'm, I'm going we'll to shock the 80s nation right now by saying 80s this, nation. this is the best film. Uh, this is far better than Pretty in Pink. Oh. Definitely one of the best films that John Hughes ever did. There but John go. Hughes didn't direct it, though. He wrote no. it. He, he did it. write it. It has John Hughes all written it. all over it. But yeah. it's, it's uh, But I thought for a John Hughes movie that it's probably... It's, it, the thing I like about it is that it kind of deals with a realism. Yeah, everything from from Keith's dad, by who pl- played by John Ashton, to I mean, there's still great dialogue and yeah. the oh, yeah. character and and the, the 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 villain Hardy Jens. Yes, he's that, very much like Steph. But it's still it's more realistic. You watch it; it has not, it's not it doesn't play like a fairy tale, like uh, pretty. Well, Pink. exactly. And some people say that some kind of wonderful is sort of. An answer to the fact for those that didn't like the ending to Pretty in Pink, really they thought it was a little too fairy tale ish. Now this movie is a little bit more obscure than most of the '80s movies we talk about, so probably more so than any other movie we've talked about. We probably need a short explanation yes. of the plot here. So Sean Daly, take it away. Why? Why do I have to do it? Because all when right. I do it, you end up filling in all the blanks we anyway. Have three yeah, principal true. players. Yes, we have Miss Amanda Jones, played by uh, Leah Thompson. What's hanging in that museum, huh? My soul? No, it's my face. You're using me to pay back every guy with more money and more power than you. Paint it any color you want. It's still you using me. Are you a Leah Thompson fan? I am now. 
Yeah, it's pretty hot. There's a scene where she's uh, they're all she's in high school and she's Focus. in the shower. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> have, and room. so she is. Uh, she is from the. She's like middle class. No, lower she's middle class. lower middle class. She's I would lower say. Middle, middle class. I would say she's she hang- the poorest of. But any. she hangs with the rich well. kids. Uh, she's not really snobby, but she knows she's hot, oh, and yeah. she dates uh, Hardy Jens, played by the great with Craig Sheffer. How can you be so beautiful and so insecure at the same time? Trust. It's the basis of any relationship. Craig Sheffer is Did you a villain. Do him, Kathy. I you're hearing things. Yeah, I, I said, said with two ends. Two ends. Oh, okay. And so he's Not, the villain. He's him. like the Steph His character, right? Wait. Steph, uh, the 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 James Spader character in yeah. Pretty in Pink. Hardy Jens dates yes. Amanda Jones. Uh, the the hero is played by uh, Eric Stoltz, and yes. that's Keith, and he now is an artist. That. I'm not gonna go to college. The money is gone. You can't get it back. It's over. This whole dream is not what I wanted. It's what you wanted. I never wanted it. I just didn't have the guts to tell you. <laughs> he is... You do Stoltz? Hell yeah. But you I, wouldn't do Craig Sheffer? No. The forehead scares me. I'm trying to explain the damn movie. I know. I'm sorry. I'm getting you off track. So, Stoltzy, <laughs> Stoltzfus, he, uh, he's an artist, uh, cerebral, Works in the, is it his dad's uh, mechanic shop or just a no, mechanic just shop? No, just a mechanic shop. Just a mechanic. Uh, and uh, he, his best friend is Watts, who is played by Mary Stuart Masterson. Yep. Mess with oh. the bull, you get the horns. You know what I'm saying? And she is a drummer. Uh, I think her mom and dad are both. They died or they left her, and she's really, really, she's poor. Uh, uh, very cynical, but very funny and pretty. But she dresses with a uh, half drummer half gloves, oh, yeah. which is the worst fashion statement oh, since uh, leg warmers. Yes, and, uh, and those shorts. <laughs> the worst fashion statement since whatever Steve's wearing today. <laughs> oh, that's no, not nice. Anyway, oh. and uh, and she has she pines away for Keith, the Eric Stoltz character, but he can't see this. No, nope. he doesn't know that Mary Stuart Masterson is in love with him. And that the fact that he is pursuing Amanda Jones to try to achieve, go to a new social stratus. Yep. You know, that's killing Watts. Yep. And yet, you know, she still stands behind him, even to the point of the movie builds and builds. He asks out Amanda Jones. She says yes to Keith to get back at Hardy Jens. Yeah, it's with two ends. And it all leads up to this final date. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Yes. L- let me let me take a step back. How did I do there, Steve? Very good. That's the Cliff Notes version. That's fantastic. Let me ask uh, you. There this. is one sub- subplot too. It said uh, Keith's dad is uh, wants Keith to go to college, college and Keith doesn't and want to go to. He college. wants to go to art school. Art right. school, and he's saving all his money in some sort of fund. And uh, the dad's in really retrospect, as an adult, dad's right. You're not getting anywhere in art school. Right. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of debt. Were you in art no, school? No, but I knew many people that went to art school. Did you ever date an artist, a guy who painted or sculpted or anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you were about to reveal? So what? You just to. turned red. Nope. Whoa, Steve, pry it out of her. No, I've, no. I've learned that she's a uh, uh, okay. She's a closed vault. Steve, go ahead. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Steve. Do you really think that Keith is pursuing Amanda because he wants to get to a higher social stratus? Is that is that what you think his motivation is? Well, doesn't he admit as much at the end? No. He wanted yeah. to show those guys that he's just as good as they are. Did yeah. he just, does he say that in the end? He says that at the yeah. end. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think that's what there's he says a certain level of that. 
Because Keith, I guess we I can mean, say, yeah, he loves Keith spends her. all his money that he sa- all his college fund to buy Amanda Jones earrings and to take her to a uh, fancy restaurant. And I guess to rent out the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> that really explains. He takes her to an empty Hollywood Bowl, and then they go to Hardy Jen's character or his party. Yeah. And Hardy Jen's, we find out, uh, is has invited Keith and his ex girlfriend Amanda Jones to come just so he can beat the hell out of yeah. Keith. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So I think at this point, the date almost becomes revenge because he thinks that Amanda's in on the plot. So I think it morphs sort of from, yes, I lust after this girl to I'm going to get back at everyone who's ever wronged me in high school. Is That might be actually one of my problems with the movie is that you think you know everyone's motivation. You think you know what everyone's all about. And then suddenly at the end, when everyone's suddenly forced with explaining themselves – it suddenly gets a little awkward. Yeah. But I'm going to still say, besides throwing that aside, I still think this is one of the best movies of the 80s and far better than Pretty in Pink. Partially because, you know, uh, there isn't real. I guess Watts is the Ducky character oh, in some yeah. kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah. But I think Watts has better lines. I mean, Ducky has some yeah. great lines Ducky in Pretty in Pink. Ducky has some great but lines. But Watts has some killer lines. Yes. Right. I, th- I think if you compare this with Pretty in Pink, which came out, what, a year before? Yeah. Both of them directed by the same guy, Howard Deutsch. No, both. I thought John Hughes directed Pretty in Pink. No, no, definitely. It's Howard Deutsch. Do- Am I pronouncing it right, I think? Close enough. Close enough. And did you know he is married to Leah Thompson? I they- did not know that I until know. I watched the audio commentary of some kind of wonderful... Oh, okay. And it's done by Deutsch and Leah. Oh, okay. And, and they're, they're, they're bantering back and forth, and then suddenly they start talking about their kids. And, and I'm like, I kind of missed that. I kind of thought, well, did it just say our kids? I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, I must not have heard that right. Yeah. And the next thing I know, they're at the locker room scene uh, where, Leah, where Leah is you know, undressing or dressing mm-hmm. and preening herself. And you can just hear the drool coming out of Howard's uh, mouth as he's doing the audio commentary. And I'm thinking, you lech. You lech. And then I finally hit stop and went to the, to, uh, the internet and looked it up. And yeah. yes, they are married. They are married. And they, they met on this movie. She, he's, what, 10 years older than her. Of course, she, like everyone else in this movie, was not a teenager. They were all in their mid twenties, mid twenties, twenty six. So, so she was forty six now, and he's fifty six. Yeah, yeah. And she was engaged to Dennis Quaid at the time. Yeah, which I had totally forgotten about. Yeah, did they do a that? Movie was together? back in his the Jaws three, Jaws three D, three D. That's yes. a great one. That's a. I mean, it's and a then he movie, went on to, but he would have right after that met Meg Ryan. So right. you know, it all worked out. So, in the there's end. there's a lot of weirdness when it comes to the whole idea that yeah, this is a John Hughes movie. In, in, in all rightness, it has every feel of a John Hughes movie, even though Deutsch directs it. Yeah, but it's funny because it, it is almost like the the gender reversed version of Pretty in Pink. Yeah, See, I don't think it has. I don't think it feels like a John Hughes movie. I really don't. Why not? You, it's, no, I think it's a lot more realistic. I mean, when I say realistic, I mean, I, I just think it's a. it doesn't have that oh, fantastical. I mean, the Watts character, yes, in the dialogue, but no, there's something about it. It's something, more, yeah, the, the pace is different, and it's a little darker. Yeah, it's a little darker. A little more real. I mean, I'm telling you, that John Ashton character, his dad, there's not another character like that in the John Hughes movie. Uh, maybe I'm making a big deal about a character. I just think that no, I don't know. well, it's, it's no. Not- I think for once you finally get 
like a father character that's more fleshed out. You yeah, don't we were get talking that about that. Year. Harry Dean Stanton He's is a like drunk. a drunk hobo who wandered <laughs> in. It's like what? You're well, like, is this really got- a father? Did she like rent him down the road? Yeah, it's like well, what? That's bizarre. Molly Ringwald's father in Sixteen Candles is is sort of. Human. But Sixteen Candles is like is so like it's broad and, and it's it's, right. it's, it's a it's farce and I mean it's a great movie. But this has I every really like this a nerd every, right now. Don't this I? has every like nerd yeah. Roger Ebert. This has every feel of a John Hughes movie. You've got, yogurt. you've got an outstanding soundtrack. You do, with, and you know the soundtrack was picked before the movie was even made. I didn't know that. Yeah, I Great saw soundtrack. that on the commentary. Best soundtrack to a John Hughes movie. But you also uh, have, except you know what's pink. lacking? You know what's lacking from the album is Beat So Lonely by Charlie Sexton. We'll get to that in a bit. Go ahead, Steve. The other thing that has uh, in common with every other John Hughes movie, you've got, a, you've got a class situation, which happens in every John Hughes movie. You've got someone yeah. from an upper class and a lower class duking and fighting it out, yeah. which only John Hughes really has in his movies in the 80s. You've got you know uh, characters who are teenagers but acting like adults, and for the most part, not there aren't really any adults that are lead characters for the most part. Yeah. And uh, but this is the last teenage movie that John yeah. Hughes did. Did yeah, because then he goes on to play Strange and Automobile. And uh, strange that Deutsch was actually not the original director for this movie, and it wasn't John Hughes either. It was originally supposed to be Martha Coolidge. What? Ooh. Who did Fast Times at Richmond High? Oh, well, she did wow. uh, Valley Girl. And, yeah, Valley uh, Girl. Am I wrong? Did she not do Fast Times at Richmond? Is that no? Penelope that's Spheris did. Yeah. <laughs> she did Valley Girl and Real Genius. Real Genius, yeah. Amy Heckerling did. <laughs> Amy Heckerling did Clueless. I don't know how much they pay the copulators for Floridian, <laughs> but it's not enough. <laughs> Anyway, another person who was supposed to be in the original movie uh, was, kind of well, one- let me guess, Molly Ringwald. Correct. You My know. God, John, get over it already. <laughs> God, just sleep with her. She get was originally offered with. the role of Amanda Jones and refused it. Kim Delaney was also offered it. And I think she actually, you know, had I it. don't think Molly could have pulled off Amanda Jones because I don't think she's hot enough. I love Molly, but, but doesn't I don't she think play she's... the Amanda Jones character in, uh, she, Breakfast Club, yeah, kind of. yeah, but I, okay, uh, but try to picture Molly Ringwald <clears throat> in the locker room, half naked, printing in front of a mirror. It doesn't rise. Steve, work. you do that every night. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say try. <laughs> but, I, I don't uh, think it would have worked. I think I think she was right to turn it down, and I think she saw herself being typecast. Where I'm gonna be in every John Hughes movie till the end of my life, and I got to move on. That's possible. Who's everyone's favorite character in this movie? Watts, John. Hands down. Well, with a Duncan as a close second. Oh, no, I love the skinhead. Elias Codius. Yeah. Duncan's yeah. great. Well, when you talk about Watts for a second, though, because a lot of people associate this movie. This is sort of Mary Stuart Masterson's real good, great film of the 80s. Yeah. I mean, oh, she, yeah. The um, You could almost come up with a whole book of wisdom just based I on... I know. That's what I said. The world according to Watts exactly. was what I came up with. Because yeah. she is. She's got... She's sprinkles. She's sort of like Keith's... Obi Wan. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Well, Here, except she's got a crush on him. Right. Well, here's an example of some of her wisdom. Never, you never study. You must be getting heat from the old man of ecology again. That's all I think about. Yeah. Well, in comparative terms, it's probably better to have an old man nagging you about your future than no old man not nagging you about nothing. It's interesting there because you find out that Watts doesn't have a dad. Yeah. And only through some research do you actually yes. find out what is the story behind this. Yes. Um, based on the book, there was a novel written around the same time. 
and it's based sort of on the movie and the original script. And you find out that Watts's mo- well father gone from the picture, mother dies, and she's actually being raised by older brothers. There's, so. there's a great website out there called Some Kind of Wonderful dot org. Yep. That has I'm not kidding. Yo, oh yeah, <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, oh and Watts's first name Susan. Susan. You learned that as well because you never know that in the movie. Do you think once he started dating her, he called her something different? I hope. Well, I don't know. I had I had um, friends here actually that worked at the Times that always called each other by their last names. So maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know. There's a great that website though. Some kind of wonderful dot org has a lot of information about this movie that you just would never be able to find in any other source. I actually emailed the guy who designed the site. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cool. It's this guy named uh, Robert, a 31-year-old from Tasmania, Australia. I knew he, I knew he was not American. You could tell by the website. Right. Plus, because he, he, only non-Americans would give you money values in, like, you know, pounds and stuff. So I, I knew he was either English or something. He, uh, he emailed me this morning at 1.30 in the morning his time. With those, oh. with some answers to some questions, I shot off to him like, oh. and I asked him what what about this particular movie do you find so appealing? And he just says Watts. That was his one word response. Watts. Really, it must be a drag to be a slave to the male sex drive. Ugh. So uh, <laughs> you know he's got naked pictures of Mary Stuart Masterson. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's a, yeah, Robert's a great guy. He uh, I asked and I asked him how do you compare this to Pretty in Pink? Is this do you which one do you think is better? And he said, I don't like comparing the two films, but I understand why many people want to. And he said, it's no secret that Hughes wrote the script after Pretty in Pink because he wasn't – because Pretty in Pink wasn't the film he wanted. He says in Some Kind of Wonderful, the story is better, the lead performances are stronger, and the ending is how it's supposed to be. So there you go. There you go. It is not his favorite 80s movie of all time. Back to the Future is. Oh, it, wow. But it is his favorite John Hughes film. Oh, see, so I go. still have a soft spot for, spot for Pretty in Pink and for Ducky, but I really love Watts. I think what I makes know. I think what maybe people I like, kind of relate to. I Watts. think what makes Pretty in Pink better to some people is Ducky. I think if you take Ducky out of Pretty in Pink, it's oh, then really it's a, it's bad. no, it's not without Ducky. Ducky is the saving grace of that right. movie. Whereas I think in some kind of wonderful, I mean, the characters are so built on yeah. each other that you know, I mean, everyone the chemistry between them is really something else. Yeah. And that's not something you see in every John Hughes movie. It's true. It's true. Until so, you get to planes, trains, and automobiles, and the, the chemistry between movie, the yeah. chemistry between Steve Martin and Sean Candy is. But Sean mentions Duncan, who is the skinhead. Yeah, I love character. him. Who plays Duncan, Sean? Elias Codius. Well, what else have you, have you seen him in? He's in Crash. Else? Is he? He's in <gasps> Crash. The first crash, right? Yeah, the crash. Oh, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the Cronenberg crash. Where oh, it all becomes clear now. Oh no, yeah. You also see him in Gattaca and Contact. He's he's oh. been in a couple other movies. So he's kind he's of not, going the sci-fi route. Right, he did. It's, he's 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 a great actor. He's got some great lines. Yes, he does, including this one. Welcome. Is is this detention? Actually, it's your mother's house. And we're all having a party. I love Duncan. He's great. But yeah, um, Keith goes to detention he, for, because he thinks Amanda Jones is going to be in detention. So he goes and what hits the fire alarm so he could show up there. And then it turns out, of course, 
Amanda uses her sex appeal with the uh, driver's ed teacher to uh, get out of it, and then he's there with uh, all the misfits. So, but um, Watts practically warns him that she's she's no good. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount that Watts obviously is jealous, but she also kind of sees Amanda for what she is—an opportunist—and what would Keith be able to give her? So. That gives us another opportunity for another nugget of the wisdom yeah. of Watts. You couldn't score her in a million years. A, you're too shy and closed up to even approach her. And B, she'd kill you. Chicks like her have one thing on their mind, and you don't make enough of it to matter to her. I can't touch a book by its cover. Yeah, but you can tell how much it's going to cost. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I could just see Keith and Amanda Jones in a book club. I don't think so. She really. I don't think she's reading The Trial by Franz Kafka, which is what Keith is reading. Is it? Oh, yeah. How did you do this kind of stuff? Because I pay attention to these things. Well, Sean He's and got I are, the dolly picture in his room. Sean and I are so fascinated with the locker room scene with Leah Thompson. I could probably sketch her underwear on, on this on this little... You know, uh, it's all about Watts. Forget Leah. You want more Watts? I want more Watts. More Watts. Come Here on. we go. Don't go mistaking paradise. Prepare long legs. What's that mean? Don't go roaming where you don't belong. It's just an opinion. Sean, have you ever mistaken paradise for a pair of long legs? <laughs> Every day. Every day. See, boys. I think I Short should... legs, hairy legs, <laughs> one legs, peg legs. Oh, you're going back to crash. Wooden legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. as, as Watts would say, then, you're a loser. You're a loser. You're losing it. And when it's lost, all you are is a loser. Oh, she doesn't like you either, Sean. No. What, um... Do you have a thing for Mary Stuart Masterson? You like her? Um, you know, I made a point on my blog today of saying that I think the kissing scene between her and Keith in this movie, which happens about the same time, is the hottest kissing scene or the hottest makeout scene in any 80s movie. Agree? That's disagree? A bold statement. It is a bold statement. The hottest makeout scene in any 80s movie? The hottest. Yeah, I guess I the, could see, yeah, I could I've see seen it up some there. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but it's not too hot in the no. little house. No, no. It's unfortunate. Eh? The um, nine and a half weeks. And I love. And I, and <laughs> I'm you gotta, sorry. And you gotta love. You gotta love. Well, there's the, some other uh, options. Uh, number two on my list was John Cusack and Ioni Sky in Say Anything. Oh, in the back seat. Number three was Randy and Julie in Valley Girl, also in the back seat. Uh, number four, I believe, was. Risky business between uh, Joel and Lana. Good lord. That's number four? He had to pay for it. That's why it falls on the list. <laughs> oh. And number five, I don't know why I put this there. I just opened myself up for abuse, was the uh, the final scene between Wesley and Buttercup in uh, Princess Bride. You so. are opening yourself. <laughs> I say Kim Basinger, Mickey Rourke, the whole movie, nine and a half weeks. There you go. Now you don't have to think about it. Okay, well. <laughs> Why don't you just write my blog for me? It would have been. It would have taken me two hours shorter. Oh well. <laughs> but uh, I love the scene from them making out because Watts cons Keith into kissing her, mm-hmm. which I've never had a woman beg me to kiss her. But if it wouldn't take much, Keith is so dense. Yeah, but it's great. It's got some great music laid in the background, and I have a clip of it here. What do you do with your hands? Well, it depends. No, it doesn't depend. They go on her hips. Okay. Do it. Look into my eyes. 
<laughs> Come on, I don't have to do this. I know, you know, I'm sorry. Just grow up a little. She'll probably do this. How do you know? I watch a lot of TV. Close your eyes. Ah, uh, fantastic. Hey, did you notice the no. music in the background? All right, it's good music. That's it was uh, Stephen Duffy. She right. loves me, right? Stephen yep. Duffy, one of the original members of Duran Duran. Duran. That's why I know it. Really? Yeah. yeah. God, you guys are good. So. Now, is uh, uh, Kathy, we should tell the, the listeners that Steve asked both of us <laughs> to recreate, recreate the, kissing the kissing scene, scene. Yes. in a podcast forum. Yep. And first he wanted... Steve and I to, yeah. to kiss. I know. That's what I was thought, looking. That's what I was hoping maybe for. Maybe that'd be a little wrong. Yeah. So then I said, it's just me and Dave, the engineer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and nobody had any problems with that. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, no takers. No so takers. right now, Steve is going to do a one man <laughs> auto erotic <laughs> there's, there's only one thing I do as a one man, and I'm not doing it on a podcast. Oh. oh. <laughs> so anyway, the. Uh, it's a great song, and a lot of people... For, this is a great soundtrack. It I, is. I don't like it better than Pretty in Pink. It's still I'm my number one, but this is a close second. I can probably listen to this more often than I can listen to Pretty in Pink. No, I could put Pretty in Pink on right now and There's only so many. There's only so many times it. I can hear Bring on the Dancing Horses, and I'm just like... Oh. <gasps> Steve, what's your favorite song on this soundtrack? Um, Probably this little tune. I love that, yeah. And she's cruising across the, the athletic field, all bouncy and young and sprightly. Having just finished a little rendezvous with my Mr. Hardy Jens. favorite yeah. song, and it's one of the most played songs of my iPod, oh. is not on the official soundtrack. You can't buy it in oh. stores. But you can buy it on something else. It's uh, Beat So Lonely by Charlie Sexton. Oh. Oh, and the last like 15 minutes of this movie, uh, basically they have uh, uh, Beat So Lon- Lonely oh, underlined no. the whole thing. I love um, Charlie. Uh, can we hear some of that? You bet. Oh, great. Now that's going to be in my head the rest of the day. That's awesome. That's, that's great. not and a Charlie bad Sexton thing. Charlie played in Bob Dylan's band. Yep. He became he went to Nashville, became a session guy. He just released a new album last year. It was really oh, good. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't he's realize great. But that. it's not he he hated this. This isn't this is in the music he wanted to do. No. But they kind of wanted to turn him into one of these 80s yeah. kind of like a post punk. Yeah. yeah. But he's a yeah. guitar whiz. Can he I is. give a quick shout out to somebody in the movie that never maybe my favorite character in the movie is Keith's older sister. The younger sister, a little trivia, is played by, his real young sister is played by Candace Cameron, who is in a little sitcom called Full House. I didn't know that. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never watched Full and House. And the older sister is uh, Maddie Corman, and she plays Laura, and she's funny. 
She's funny in it. Come on, Kathy. You're looking oh, she's got the greatest line in the whole movie. She's got this line. Any fool could get into a college. Only a precious few may say the same about Amanda Jones. I love that line. It's she's so great. risque. Uh, that, uh, that actress, Maddie Corman, she also uh, played a pivotal part in the movie Swingers. Ah. Do you know what scene that was in Swingers? So the uh, scene at the end where she's making baby faces at Vince Vaughn. What Vaughan. does he say? She don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got off topic there. I got yes. off topic there. What's your favorite song, Kathy? Oh, oh, you care about my favorite song now, oh, all of a sudden. Ah. She's been surly all day. I am. Um, mine was uh, Brilliant Mind by Oh, Furniture. that is a good song. Very good. Excellent. So there you go. Furniture. I wonder what furniture is doing right now. Uh, What What is that? I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. What am I thinking of? An elephant? (laughs) I'm spraying my scent. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Did you notice last night in American Idol that the the Hispanic girl called Simon Simon? (laughs) Yeah, that's a Jen told me when we were watching it. (laughs) She goes, hello, Simon. (laughs) I thought that was cute. Nice. Kathy, who does that song? Uh, furniture. Have you ever heard of them? Um, I have no idea where they went after this. They were kind of a one-hit wonder. Actually, one of the if band- this was even a hit. Yeah, a couple of the couple of songs, Miss Amanda Jones and Turn to the Sky, are both done by the March Violets, and they were a pretty big band for a few years there in England during the goth movement. They actually broke up right after this movie came out, oh. so it didn't do anything for them either. Didn't do anything for them. That's a shame because I really think the soundtrack is just as good, if not slightly better, than Pretty in Pink. No, nope. Pretty in Pink has the bigger hits. Yeah, yeah, but it's got new order. Leave, this has no new pink. order. What else? <laughs> can live if you leave order. Pretty in Pink, leave. what else was big off there? Was there another big hit off Pretty in Pink? Those are the two biggest. Yeah, if those you leave are the two biggest. And, and apparently, Pretty in Pink shows up some point in some kind of wonderful. The song they say that there's but I think credits, it, but I don't know where. I don't know where. It I don't hear it. They, they play it for a few seconds. If anyone out there knows, please tell us because who would you rather date, Kathy Ducky? Or Keith. Keith. Why? Well, A, Ducky's gay. What? He's <laughs> not. He couldn't be less gay. Uh, I don't know. I just like Keith better. He's the tortured artist. He's a little... He seems at least to have more of a... I don't know. Do you know Stoltz dyed his hair for this movie? Really? Because you know, normally he's got flaming red hair. And, yeah, uh, he they asked, down they asked for him, that. They, they asked him to dye it brown, which he did, and they asked him to cut it, which he didn't like either. Yeah. And it's, it's oh yeah, because he did have kind of the Steph hair going on at yeah. that but time. He's got cyborg eyes. I was ready for lasers to shoot yeah. out of those. Is so I got to tell you, though, Ducky doing that, doing the uh, the scene in the music shop where he serenades Andy. I don't know. He might win for that. I don't know. What about you, Sean? Which one would you rather date, Ducky or... No, seriously. Which one would you rather date, um, Watts or 
Amanda. Because I think Amanda Jones was inherently good. At the end, we saw that there was a good person yeah. underneath there. I think she wasn't she just pure gets evil. Swept into like that. Hardy Jens. Oh yeah. You know, let's pure give evil. a shout out to Craig Sheffer. I mean, you hate that guy, but that he, he's a good actor. He is a good actor. Because he, he, but you kind of get the feeling that Craig Sheffer's really like that. But I mean, that's good no, acting. Yeah. I really wanted to you, punch that guy in the face. You know what's that? It's, and I made this another point I made in my blog this week. I maintain that Hardy Jens is the best villain of any John Hughes movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I don't agree. No, that, okay. Nobody agrees with me. Nobody agrees. I think, you know what, Steve? I'm going to agree with you. Okay. And I here, think he is so vile and villainous. Here's my, yeah, here's my point. This is what makes Hardy that evil. He not only cheats on Amanda twice in front of her, but then makes her feel bad about it, questions her trust, and then when, when she breaks up with him, she manages to turn her friends against her. Instead of what they would normally do is turn against him. Then he invites well, the new boyfriend. Well, I think you realize then kicked. that she didn't really have any friends. That's the thing. Well, they were yeah. only being friends with her because of him. Right, but I still think I still think this guy is the masterful villain. He's he's the fact that nobody agrees with me doesn't doesn't affect doesn't me at sway all. you. No. Who do you think is Steph? Ste- I think yeah, Steph. A lot I love of Steph's um, girlfriend in Pretty in Pink. That Bim. Oh, she's hot. Uh, Most people said it was uh, Ed Rooney. Ed Rooney, yeah. From, uh, and for once again, because in real life, evil. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, nah, but Ed Rooney's comedy. I mean, really, yeah. I'm so impressed by Craig Sheffer's acting. I think he's great as Hardy Jens. It's it's nasty, and even like James Spader, he's just he, you know he really couldn't be bothered. You know, I mean, he liked Daddy, yeah, but still, it was like I don't know. He's, this guy Hardy Jens is a bastard. He's just pure evil. Evil. There's, evil. There's not an evil. There's not a good bone in his body. Despite what Amanda might say. Do you think there's one in his <laughs> Do you think? Do you think Steph had any redeeming quality? I do. I think he was just kind of. I think he get. I think he might be gay. I think the no. Steph character might no. be gay. Well, I no. think Steph. I Steph just genuinely liked Andy. Oh, oh, here's my thing. Yeah, he. But remember, at the end, he yells at his girlfriend in Pretty in Pink and says, "Enough, right?" Yeah. Because she was being mean. And he's like, why don't you, what does he say to her in Pretty in Pink? He tells her to, like, take a hike. Take a hike. So he shows some redeeming quality. Hardy Jens, none. 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 That's Even true. at the end, all he's caring about is saving his own ass. Because he knows he's about to get it kicked one upside of the house and down the other by Duncan at his party. And, and suddenly he's he's all remorse, remorseful and apologetic and stuff like that. But then Amanda gives him the two slaps to the face. And you're just, you really feel satisfied at that moment in the movie, I think. Ah, uh, let's set the squabbling aside for a minute and enjoy the zestfulness of Name That 80s Tune. <laughs> hey, it's the weekly segment. Zestfulness? Re- is zestful- that even a word? It is now, damn okay. it. Everyone wants to fight with me today. You want to fight with me? <laughs> zestfulness. Mm. Anyway, this is the weekly segment where we play a piece of a song from the 80s, and if you can name it, you win a prize. And the prize that we're giving out this week, it's a... Uh, a date with Steve. No, it's not. You get to do the practice because he's your supply of turtle wax. Steve covered in turtle wax and a year supply of rice aroni. Remember that when the price is right. Jeez. Anyway, no, we've got actually four more copies of Trivial Pursuit '80s Edition to give out. They sent you more. Yep. Cool. So the winner of this week's contest will get a will get a Trivial Pursuit '80s Edition. Sweet. But anyway, before we get to this week's challenge, let's answer the last two challenges we've had because it's been forever since we've done a podcast live together. Yep. 
to actually answer these. So here was the mystery clip from our special Drinking in the 80s show. Uh, nobody but only one person got that one. Wow, someone got it? Yep, that was Beer Money by the Young Fresh Fellows. Who got that? David from Minneapolis was the only one who got that one right. Congrats. That so, was a hard one. That was a hard one. But, uh, and it was actually in theme with the show, which, I, which we rarely ever do. Yep. Um, and then from our one-hit Wonders of 1984, the clip for that was this. And that was a little obviously too much. That was obviously too easy. Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads. Just about everybody got that one right. Yep. Who won that one were Brian Hall from Little Rock, Arkansas, Darren Carlson of Hilo, Hawaii, Mark Canali, Dennis Ort from New Munster, Germany, Dennis from Moscow, Russia, Dag Shield, Derek Lane Waters of Rochester Hills, Michigan, and Sean's favorite fan, Sarah Hall of Iowa. Ah, Sarah Hall, by far the hottest stuck in the 80s fan we have. Wow. Girl division. Girl, Girl division. division. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Dag Shield is our is our male winner. <laughs> but uh no, it was they were pretty easy. The second one was easy anyway, but uh this week's clip I'm assured by the producer is impossible. Okay. So without Bring further it on. without further ado. I have no clue. I don't know. Sean, any idea what that was? I have no idea. So okay, well that's worthy then of the uh, trivial pursuit eighties edition. So if you think you know the answer, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Hello, listeners. This is Mike from Sydney, Australia. I'm very glad to be stuck in the 80s because it's much cheaper. Ah, thanks to Mark in Australia for phoning in that fan greeting. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you ever want to leave us a fan greeting, all you have to do is go to our blog and find our toll-free number there. Give us a call and leave a message, and we will feature you on a future show. That was another favorite song from the uh, soundtrack that you heard behind him. That's uh, Jesus and Mary Chain. Jesus and Mary Chain. God, I used to love them. God, no kidding. I was. Where are they now, though? though oh, I know. Though there's an album of theirs that I can never listen to again because... When I worked at Specs, um, and I worked with this one guy, Rick. What's Every Specs? time he played, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. It was in Dolphin Village. What was no, it? What is it? Oh, I'm sorry for the listeners that don't know what Specs is. It was a music slash video rental place, and I worked at rent, the one on the beach. Did you rent pornos in there? No, <laughs> but we were the only like video rental place on the beach, so we were pretty busy. That's cool. And uh, no. But uh, every time I worked with Rick <laughs> for his shift, he would play Jesus and Mary Chain over and over, and I listened to it every single I day. I just got sent a crap load of Jesus and Mary Chain reissues. <gasps> no Come kidding. to my desk, Kathy. I will. Come and we'll talk about all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Oh, I miss well, them. I went to uh, 
Orlando to see them at whatever that goth club was over there. I can't even remember the name of it anymore. Have you seen any of the bands that are featured on this soundtrack live in concert? I've seen uh, Jesus and Mary Chain. And I also saw Flesh for Lulu. You did not see I Flesh so for Lulu. I so did. They opened for Public Image Limited at nice. Janice Landing. I couldn't go backstage because I wasn't old enough, so my uh, date got to go meet them. Oh, cool. And um, instead, I got to see Johnny Rotten moon the stage, and not only moon the stage, but spread his butt cheeks for everyone to see. Can we say that, producer? Can we say I don't spread know. his butt cheeks? But I'm going to say this to for me. Puppies, puppies, puppies. <laughs> I really never. Sp- it's burned in my brain, and this was yeah. almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. I think she's been in a bad mood all day because she, she knew she was going to have to talk about I this. I knew I was going to have to talk about it. I I'm not the one in the bad mood, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Let's talk about the ending of the movie because I think. Yes. All, Let's talk about the ending of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice knowing you all. It was a good run. Yeah, we had a good time. No, the no. ending of this movie is deeply yes. flawed. Yes. It's good Sean for 90 had, minutes, yeah. and then the last two minutes is. It was like somebody hits the parking brake. We're break. at 90 Ooh, minutes. We have four more minutes left, and we've got to wrap it all up, and we've got to oh, get that cute. ending together. Steve is spelling out kill me <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in, the in the Skittles. And the Skittles. But, yeah. Here's the problem with the movie, Steve. Okay, go ahead. Goes along in a great clip. Uh, Keith goes face to face with Hardy Jens. There's that great uh, relief, uh, comedic relief from Duncan shows up. He's going to pound Hardy Jens. Keith and Amanda come outside to presumably to consummate their relationship. Mm -hmm. And they crank up Charlie Sexton. And Keith all of a sudden looks at Watts, who, if you haven't seen the movie, has been chauffeuring these two around all night. Why she ever did that? It's kind of out of character for her to do that. And there's a a, a pan, a close-up of each of their faces. They've decided that... Keith and Watts are actually in love, and he's and 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 the manager sees this and says, "What did she say, Steve? You got the um, you got the quote. You got all those quotes in your head. Um, I'd rather be alone for the right reason. Alone for the right reason. At this point, she's and, ready to stand on her own. Um, now. It's so nice- all of a sudden, Keith decides." Oh, wait a minute. I've liked Watts all along. I'm about to bang Amanda Jones, no. and decides, ah, you know what? Wait, I, I don't, that's not what I want. Crazy. And then, Man Jones gone. All right, we got rid of her. And then they cue up uh, the, the Elvis remake, and they kiss, and there's some cute lines at the end, but it's yeah. over two minutes later. Well, two my, minutes later. Oh, here's there my problem. Go. If you hadn't had that ending, if you'd had Keith end up with Amanda, you'd be screaming and howling in here about how that that's didn't not make my any point. sense. That's not my, my point. My point is... I think Sean's point, if I'm well, speaking for you, you, is you may, you may. that he suddenly falls in love with it's, her. There's no, there's no clue until this time that he has any real feelings for, her. and then all of a sudden, bam, there they are, yeah. and you have the ending. I'm not saying it's the wrong ending. I'm saying we should have given a little more time to ease into the I'm ending. T- I'm saying like three more minutes. But okay. yeah. Kathy made the great point by said they're like somebody looked at their watch like, hey, we're at the ninety minute Man, mark. Mark, mark yeah. quick, we gotta cut this thing off. Because no John Hughes movie can but be. But I'm that saying long, you yeah. add two, three minutes to that ending. Yeah. That's an even better movie. And yeah. then who knows? Maybe that's doing battle with some of the big boys, the eighties yeah. big boys. Well, but you, but hey, I, I like it that you don't that, that you yeah. don't agree. Well I think I think it's a I think it's the right ending. I just don't think but I agree with you. It kind of we suddenly get there suddenly. It's like yeah. someone chopped out fifteen minutes of the movie. The credits yeah. are rolling. Boom. Boom. There we are. I mean it's yeah. like he, 
it's like plus his, his, I, okay i'm gonna have to say this i don't think watts would have kept the earrings either yeah she would have said here take these and i think cash them in yeah let's go to vegas drumsticks yeah yeah or something i mean i don't think i don't know man well, I, that didn't ring true with me either I don't know. I, I like the ending. I, I agree that it you know what? Out. I changed my mind. This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. No, I think it's the right ending. It just kind of gets there a little abruptly. Yeah. I mean, I think every jo- kind of- every John Hughes movie ends strangely. I mean, yeah. With the only exception maybe of being Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Oh, well. come on. I mean, uh, I never that that movie upsets me to begin with. Why is Jake Ryan like Samantha Samantha Baker? You, you know. love Samantha Baker. No, well, but she... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not and realistic either. Jake Ryan ruined it for every female in America. Ruined for every male. I mean, he, he made it... Yeah, like, he ruined okay. it for all of us. We thought they're really... Hello? There's someone out there like him? No, Heck no. there's not. And there's nobody out there like Lloyd Dobler no, either, so just give it is. up. Oh, Christine and I keep trying. You keep we're trying. Looking. You we're keep looking. We're looking. We know. Uh, okay, so we're not in agreement, and that's okay. That's the way it ends sometimes here on the podcast. But uh, we all still enjoy the movie. We all still think it's an important uh, John Hughes oh, movie. Oh, heck yeah. Heck I'd, yeah. I'd put it in the top three. Everyone going to put it in the top three? Uh, of Sean's? John Hughes yeah. movies? Oh, yeah. It yeah. plans, yeah. trains. It's definitely underappreciated. candles, some kind of uh, wonderful. Uh, it's underappreciated. Great Outdoors? Where do you put the Great Outdoors? I don't know. <laughs> Uncle Buck! I cherish his entire Uncle collection. Buck. I uh, cherish maybe it's, uh, it's in the top five. Yeah, maybe it's Planes, <laughs> yeah. Trains, Uncle Buck, some kind of wonderful. I can see yeah. that. Well, under his teen movies, anyway. Oh, under, under his teen, teen movies with Eric Stoltz in them. <laughs> yes! <laughs> number one with the it's bullet. The number Woo. one. You rule, Stoltzy. Anyway, that's all we got time for today. Tune in next week when we'll have another debacle on our hands. <laughs> oh. But in the meantime, we remain here firmly stuck in the 80s. Ciao. Well, how do they look? You look good wearing my future. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. The show is engineered by Dave Morrison. To read our blog, go to blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s. Email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Some kind of shit. <laughs> Some kind of shit. What's the worst podcast we've ever done besides this one? <laughs>